Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. I'm Kim Greenhouse, and it's a delight, a pleasure, and an honor to have Dr. Mark Circus joining us from Skype in Brazil. He is a beloved doctor, an acupuncturist, a best-selling author, and he is an alternative doctor that has brought through economically viable solutions to healing and health. He has hundreds and thousands, actually millions of people listening to him, reading his work from around the world. And we're going to be talking about one of his new books, Anti-Inflammatory Oxygen Therapy. Now, we all know that oxygen is important, and many of us know that oxygen, anytime you oxygenate, you help the body heal, you help the body become more vital, and that oxygen is the key to a long life. But there's actually a science to oxygen that most of us don't know about. How about the fact that cancer hates oxygen? And that the more oxygenated that we are and can get, the less, we'll be, less likely we will have diseases affecting us. Dr. Circus is the founder of the International Medical Veritas Association. He is the author of so many books. I'm going to read you a list of a few. Sodium Bicarbonate. Treatment Essentials, Iodine, Transdermal Magnesium Therapy, Medical Marijuana, Selenium Medicine, Win the War on Cancer, New Paths to Diseases, to Diabetes Cure, Magnesium, the Ultimate Heart Medicine, it goes on and on, Natural Allopathic Medicine, Heart Health, Anti-Inflammatory Oxygen therapy, love, and sex medicine. Now, normally I would prefer to do the entire show on love and sex medicine and take a half a day with Dr. Mark Circus and do that, but we're bringing you the science of oxygen today. Welcome the kingpin from Brazil, Dr. Mark Circus. Welcome to its rainmaking time. Well, thanks for having me, Kim. You've written a lot of books. Yeah, well, I, I just finished, actually, my last one is not a book. It's going to come out as a cancer compendium of 2,400 pages called Surviving Cancer. And then I'm quitting writing for a while. I'm going to retire from writing and do something else. <laughs> now, you, you have a healing center in Brazil. And are you doing consultations as a doctor from Brazil to people around the world? Well, not uh, not in Brazil, but I do um, um, consultations, and on my site, the people can subscribe to do a half hour, an hour, and I teach how to practice natural allopathic medicine or how to apply my medical approach or the protocol on cancer. I teach people how to do that themselves in their own homes. You have written about, before we get into everything on oxygen, because it's so important and it's, for some reason, you know, oxygen has been kind of, most of the public is kind of scared of oxygen. Oh, we, we only think of using oxygen when you're in desperate shape, not for health and healing and revitalization and oxygenating the blood and the cells and the body. 
because there's a different perception about the need and use of oxygen, before we get there, I want you to explain. You coined the term natural allopathic medicine. Now, I my understanding was there's allopathic medicine and there's natural medicine, and you're bringing them all together. Explain to the public what allopathic medicine is and what alternative or natural medicine is first, would you? Well, I like to think of the best side of allopathic, which is supposed to be, whether it is or isn't, a rational, scientifically based, logical medical approach. Now, Western medicine, even though it's allopathic, even though they don't, they don't like that name, the homeopaths gave them that name, it, to me is anything but rational. But still, there's a um, perspective that Western medicine is, is scientific and is rational. Um, so that's the positive side of Western medicine. Uh, the negative side is that it only deals with poisons in terms of ca uh, ca cancer. It uses the wrong chemo agents and uses the wrong type of radiation. I mean, I believe in chemotherapy and I believe in radiation therapy, but you should use chemical agents or natural ones, of course, that have anti-cancerous or anti-tumor effects and have no side effects. They exist. Medical marijuana is a very good example. Uh, radiation therapy. Instead of using nuclear energy, the radiation that causes more cancer and burns a person badly and hurts the immune system, why not use far infrared and near infrared radiation? I do. Natural allopathic medicine has replaced the nasty, negative, poisonous effects of allopathic treatments, whether it be in cancer or any other, treating any other disease, with natural agents. But the re real reason I created the name natural allopathic is that the core of my protocol was based originally on emergency room and intensive care medicines that only, of course, the best centers use, like magnesium chloride, magnesium sulfate injections, selenium injections, sodium bicarbonate injections and intravenous. These substances are all used in the emergency room or good emergency rooms, and yet they're not pharmaceuticals. That people don't like to talk, doctors don't like to talk about them very much because they're not in favor. They, nobody makes money on these things, but they're used every day. Sodium bicarbonate is the cheapest medicine in the world. You can buy it in the supermarket. Dr. Circus, don't they put in the, uh, in the Arm & Hammer baking soda, which is sodium bicarbonate, don't they put aluminum in it? So... I mean, no. I know there's some no. companies that, that provide it without aluminum, but what do you say to that? That's a nice marketing ploy that somebody thought of, aluminum-free sodium bicarbonate. But it's baking powder that has the aluminum in it, not baking soda. So Arm & Hammer's, no, it has no aluminum in it. You can buy it. You can do anything you want with it. You can take baths in it. You can drink it. You can vaporize, uh, nebulize it into the lungs. You can put it into enemas. You can do whatever you want. Oh, that's really Safe. great. That's really important to know because 
A lot of people were saying that aluminum was added to it. I thought, that's crazy. Why would they do that? That didn't make any sense to me. I'm glad you cleared that up. Talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk about inflammation in the body because the, the inflammation, inflammation is at a root kind of causal agent to so many diseases. It's a condition which is the precursor to so many diseases that you've mentioned in your new book, Anti-Inflammatory Oxygen Therapy. When I had a friend of mine who had cancer, a tumor behind her nose, a couple of years back, I interviewed Dr. C. Mancini, and he was convinced that she had to fly to, uh, to uh, Rome and then to Argentina to have these, soda, bake, these baking soda treatments or sodium bicarbonate treatments but the cost of doing it was so prohibitive, neither, could, neither I could contribute enough to my friend to keep her alive, nor could she afford over fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for something like this. So I became very disheartened. I'm being very honest with you. Um, I'm not saying he's not onto something, but one of the things I appreciated about what you're doing is you're giving people affordable options that they can deal with before they run into trouble and while they run into trouble, that's already available to us. So I appreciate what you're doing. I departed a few years ago from Dr. Tullio Simoncini and his work. Um, and my book on sodium bicarbonate will be published in about two weeks in New York. I am, of course, the only person in the world who's written a book on sodium bicarbonate. Hasn't he? Well, his book is more focused on cancer and fungus and his treatment, but not on sodium bicarbonate as a, well, it's, it's a whole world of information about sodium bicarbonate, not just for cancer. It's, it's one of the most useful substances in the world, whether you brush your teeth with it or whether you take baths in it or wash it, use it for shampoo in your hair or put it in your, suit, in your refrigerator to take the odors out. I mean, there's books, there's a book about all the different hundreds of uses of sodium bicarbonate. But I found that you could use it very inexpensively, taking it orally for maybe 25 to 50 cents a day maximum, or put it in baths, that instead of spending, you know, a fortune going to Rome to get intravenous treatments that only he seems to be able to do successfully, you can employ the power of sodium bicarbonate at home for pennies a day and get better yeah, and get better results because you can dose yourself you know all day long with oral treatments where you can't do that with injections it's and you can only when you put it in the blood you're very limited to how much you can use because you can't change the pH of the blood without killing a person. So it's a very delicate operation. But taking it orally or jumping into a bath, you can instantly alkalize your body. And for cancer sufferers, this is a real, uh, or people with kidney disease or diabetes. I mean, the list goes on and on. I just want to finish what I was saying just to share with you in the audience about Dr. C. Mancini, because this, this show is not about him. But because he was mm -hmm. one of the people that broke the ground of uh, at least getting the word out there about sodium bicarbonate and its importance in the body, I just want to say this, that if anything is that expensive, that somebody with a tumor behind their nose would have to come up with over 50 grand 
to make it possible, then it's really not that that way of getting it, since it's not being given by most hospitals, it's not being given by most surgeons, it's not accepted in the oncology circles, it means that no. that remedy is only for the very wealthy. Let's Let's call a spade a spade. It's not medicine for everybody. It's medicine injected for just the very wealthy. One of the, again, is that's why I appreciate what you do because everything you recommend is affordable, it's doable, it's usable, and you can get results right away. The other thing I want to tell you that he said to my friend is he told, he, on the show when I interviewed him, that if she doesn't come to him, she will die. Now, one of the issues I have with doctors, I may have shared with you, I've certainly shared on other health shows that we've done, is when a doctor proclaims death over a patient and prophesizes death if they don't do what they're telling them to do. I think that is a horrific, disservice, criminal thing to say to a patient who believes in a doctor that they're going to die if they don't do what they tell them. So that's why I said don't go, don't go to him. Even if we had the money, don't go to him. And we put her on medical grade marijuana. We medical marijuana. She got a card. She did Rick Simpson's hemp oil, and she's alive today. That's wonderful. And you know, you and I did a piece on medical marijuana, and uh, you know, after I read your book, and I'm so glad that you did that because you brought home so much of the truth about the science of this uh, of this herb. And uh, this medicine that has really been kind of a boogeyman. Let's go back to your book on oxygen therapy. When she was done with the, uh, before she went into Rick Simpson's treatment, she was on the HBOT, which is the hyperbaric oxygen treatment. And she had about, I don't know, 15 sessions. This is after she almost died in chemotherapy and radiation. And it really helped her. The thing was that it's so expensive it's so expensive, I had to go to a minister who owned a clinic to get him to administer HBOT to her, hyperbaric oxygen treatments to keep her alive before I ever became aware that medical marijuana and the Rick Simpson oil making the oil was curative. And I'm going to use the word cure because no doctors in America or probably in the world could use the word cure. So I'm very interested as a former tournament tennis player as well, the oxygenation of the body, and I'd like you to talk about what this new protocol you have with respect to oxygenating the body and exercise in combination does. Talk about it. Well, this comes from the work of, um, of a student of, of uh, Warburg's. Um, Otto Warburg. Yeah, and from the, from the 20th century, and it was called Oxygen Multi-Step Therapy, and otherwise known as EWAT, uh, Exercise with Oxygen Therapy. And what that therapy was, I'll say was, because it's now vastly improved. But there's different, maybe 20 different variations of it. But bottom line is you get on a bicycle in your office or home, and you start riding, and you have a mask on, connected with a very thin tube to an oxygen concentrator. And basically... And where do you get the oxygen concentrator, Mark? Just about where any, do you get that oxygen? And just about anywhere online, in any country. Um, it's a standard device. Some places you need a prescription, other places you don't. 
there are five. Basically, your choice is a standard five liter a minute unit or a 10 liter a minute unit. To do the old way of the therapy, you'd have to buy a big one, a 10 liter unit. And you get on the bicycle and you start pedaling and you breathe this purified oxygen at 10, lim 10 liters a minute. But if you're pedaling and you're breathing 60 or 70, it means you're breathing 10 of the purified and say 60 of the regular air. Even at this level, you would get, after 32 hours of training, you would get a specific medical effect, which is the taking the inflammation out of the capillaries of the vascular system, allowing more oxygen to flow into the tissues. Now, this is, you know, it's, it's the basic reason higher levels of oxygen, like hyperbaric chambers, work. You know, the ox oxygen is the key to life, moment by moment, second by second. The issue about oxygen, though, that you're bringing up with this new kind of protocol with oxygen is what exactly? What is the public going to do that's going to oxygenate different than, than uh, exercise would or staying away from sugar, which disrupts the oxygen flow and disrupts the body temple? What is this protocol? Well, it's, it's the first thing when you think about oxygen is our breath and our breathing. There are inexpensive ways that one has to work on and work with to increase their oxygen. And there are very convenient ways that are very expensive, like uh, buying a hyperbaric chamber or rent, going and renting one and, and doing a series of treatments. One of the best uh, devices or $50 I ever spent is on a little device that was originally developed in Russia called the Fravlov breathing device. In the United States, it's sold as the Breath Slim device. It's a little tiny cup with a tube on it. And you breathe in through your nose and you breathe out through this tube and your air goes through this tube down into the container filled with water and you blow bubbles. And what happens? You, it's like putting the brakes on your breathing. You slow the breathing down by putting resistance. You're breathing through water. Most cancer patients have lower oxygen levels and increased breathing rates, like an asthmatic person. They go into hyperventilation. They're breathing 15, 20 breaths a minute. What's the problem with breathing too fast? You're breathing out, you're breathing shallow, not into the belly, but you're breathing into the chest. And you're breathing not in more oxygen, but you're getting rid of too much carbon dioxide. I know you're not going to forget, but I want to make sure we definitely cover the CO2, carbon dioxide relationship to oxygen. Keep going, Mark. What, going back to our original discussion about sodium bicarbonate, one of the reasons it works is it turns into sodium, sodium bicarbonate turns into carbon dioxide in the stomach. Repeat that, please, because you completely cut out in the last... Sodium thing bicarbonate turns to carbon dioxide in the stomach when you drink it. That's why it works. You take more sodium bicarbonate, you increase your carbon dioxide that dilates the vessels in the bloodstream, allowing more oxygen to get delivered.
oxygen is only safe in the presence of carbon dioxide. You can't have one without the other. Oxygen is very toxic without carbon dioxide, so they have to put it in the oxygen bottles. You can't give somebody pure oxygen. You can't. So by breathing and spending 40 minutes a day, spend $50 and breathe through this device that slows your breathing down, that increases carbon dioxide in the blood, it also increases oxygen in the blood. I have a quick question while you're on this for the public. I, I had read this book by Pamela Grout called Jumpstart Your Metabolism on giving breathing exercises and how it increases CO2 and it increases your oxygen content as well. And because many of us have been told that CO2 is a toxin and the EPA calls it a toxin when we know it's food nutrient for plants and we're part of CO2, what do you say to all that? Well, the, those people are insane and they're <laughs> after the money. They're, oh, they're just after the money. We're all dead ducks without carbon dioxide. I mean, dead ducks like in the next 10 minutes, we'd all perish from the planet Earth. Uh, we can't breathe without it. Plants can't make food without it. You know, they don't like to talk about sodium bicarbonate because it's very important. It's a crucial, it's, it's a crucial instrument of bringing more carbon dioxide and oxygen to people inexpensively. Now, it doesn't solve everything all by itself. If you want to increase your oxygen levels, then slow breathing using this breath slim device is a very good idea. Uh, doing yoga, of course, increases oxygen. Eating really good green organic foods increases oxygen. But now, what if you need even more oxygen? What if you need, you know, you, ha you are suffering from a major disease like cancer, or what I was suffering through the last 17 years, which was probably a severe form of Crohn's disease, and you really, and your life is on the line, like mine, mine was about eight, nine weeks ago, then you want to pump in massive amounts of oxygen. And that's what my new book is about. It's about getting on a bicycle or a treadmill or a jumper, getting this oxygen, oxygen concentrator, and instead of plugging it right into your face through a narrow tube and breathing only 10 liters of purified oxygen a minute, you take this oxygen concentrator and you plug it into a reservoir and you fill it up with oxygen. You fill it up with 600 or 700 liters of oxygen. And then you get on your bicycle and you breathe this, this whole bag of oxygen through a big tube and a big mask and you breathe unlimited oxygen while you're, ox you're exercising, creating all the carbon dioxide you need to bring in this purified oxygen into your body. And instead of taking 32 hours to get an anti-inflammatory effect, it takes 15 minutes. So you can get on a bicycle 15 minutes a day, breathe this high quantity of oxygen, and take the inflammation out of your vascular system. So 
at home or at the office, you can get on a bicycle and exercise for 15 minutes a day, breathing unlimited oxygen, and have this anti-inflammatory effect that you cannot get in any other way. Getting into a hyperbaric chamber does not bring up the oxygen pressure or intensity to, this, to the kind of level I'm talking about when you breathe unlimited oxygen while you're exercising, while you're using your heart and your lungs as a pump to get this oxygen everywhere into the vascular system. So it's like a for me, I call it the tiger tank of the medical world. I, there's nothing I have discovered that's stronger than this. I like that name, the, the tiger tank. tank of the medical world. That's cool. Well, it saved my life. It saved my life about, ooh, it was about three months ago. I want you to tell that story, but I want you to hold one minute. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back. Stay there. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be right back with Dr. Mark Circus live from the jungle. Stand by. Hello, water devotees. I want to talk to you about hydrating your body. We all know if you've been listening to It's Rainmaking Time, we've covered a lot about hydration and water. It's one of my favorite subjects. But theoretical physicist Dan Nelson, the owner of the Positron Group and the owner of Wayback Water at waybackwater.com, has something very radical to say about water. What he says is that our water has been adulterated. Now, we all know that it's been infiltrated with chemicals all over the country and in other parts of the world. But what we don't know is that the molecular structure of water has been changed to such a state that our water is not getting in through our cell membrane or what is called the aquaporin channel. So our cells are not getting hydrated. We're drinking and basically what we're doing is irrigating our organs, but we're not hydrating ourselves. And irrigating and hydrating is totally different. He says that chemistry cannot manipulate the bonding angle between hydrogen and oxygen in the H2O molecule. Dan Nelson says it takes physics to do this, not chemistry. And then when this is accomplished, that the water will recreate itself into a different particle with a different geometry. You and I both know that some of us are drinking 8 to 10 glasses a day of water and we're still not hydrated. This is why. So I'd like to invite you all to join the Positron Group at thepositrongroup.com. And I'd like you to go to waybackwater.com. Pick yourself up a bottle of Wayback Water. One tablespoon goes into a gallon of water. Follow the protocol. There's a ramp-up schedule. And call Nancy Ainsley at 870-741-5877. Sometimes you have to go way back to move forward. Call Nancy Ainsley at 870-741-5877 and go to Wayback Water. Thank you very much and back to the show. We are back with Dr. Mark Circus, and he is going to talk to us about what happened to him and w how he almost died, actually, and how he used this therapy to save his own life. Go ahead, Mark. It was about, I, I'm losing track of the weeks, but let's say three months ago, and uh, about a week before I got the oxygen equipment, 
I almost dropped dead on the floor. I had eaten a big bowl of what's called acai ice cream here, full of sugar, of course. And then I had probably my first um, insulin reaction. And I fell down on the floor and passed out for about two seconds and woke up in a pool of my own sweat, literally a lake underneath me. And a week later, the oxygen equipment got delivered. And my situation was that I could hardly walk. I could hardly go to the bathroom without getting dizzy and having my whole gastrointestinal system just feel like it was just about to fall apart. And um, so the night I got the uh, oxygen equipment, I didn't even have my bicycle to get on. So I strapped the mask on. And I ran for my life. I ran for 15 minutes. I mean, I don't think you can imagine a, a hospitalized patient doing that, but I did it. And it brought me back. It brought me, you know, day by day to a place where I was not feeling so vulnerable. I wasn't ready to keel over so fast. What do you think happened to you? Well, the, the exactly what... Uh, Dr. Ardens from the last century, he's now dead, the student of Warburg said, it was taking the inflammation out of my capillaries. So I was getting oxygen to my, to my tissues, especially the tissues around the bottom of my esophagus, which was where I was really having my problem. It was just, I, I would walk and those tissues would be like so sensitive that they would start reacting and I would either get very weak or neurological symptoms. I was a mess. I think you best, you know, we'd like to talk about Western medicine. I probably had really severe case of Crohn's disease that started with GERD after a lifelong being overweight and too much sugar. I guess sugar was one of my down, this acai ice cream got me for the last eight years eating like a liter a day of it. So I was really in bad shape and I was going down for the count. Now, the oxygen, it didn't cure me, but it saved my life. And I moved here to Sanctuary. You can see, see behind me in the video, I'm up on the top floor here. And um, I'm, I'm quite a bit recovered. I'm not 100%. I don't look like I'm dying for sure. Uh, have you been using a CO2 mask as well that you wrote about in your new book? You say that more than 99% of uh, carbon dioxide in your blood exists in the form of bicarbonate, HCO3. Did you also use a CO2 mask as well to help you with whatever happened to you? Well, it's called, yes, it's called the breath slim. And yes, I've been using that. Well, yes, that is a CO2 that. mask? Well, it's not, we wouldn't call it a CO2 mask. It's, it's, it's called a breathing device. And by slowing your breathing down and putting resistances, you increase the CO2 levels of the blood. Okay. So this, you know, I used this device when I was doing the heavy-duty oxygen training. And when I moved here to Sanctuary about a month ago, my equipment, my concentrator broke in the shipment. So I've had to go on without that, you know, the life-saving equipment. So I had to go back and really use, get into yoga, use the breath slim, and slow my breathing down and keep my oxygen levels up. When I, the, the first night I got my uh, live oxygen equipment, the exercise with unlimited oxygen therapy, 
it came with a little uh, a little thing you put on your finger and it reads your oxygen content and your heart rate and the alarm went right on it went beep 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 me my oxygen level is dropping down to 93 my wife was what did it be at? Uh, 99, 98, 100, <laughs> well 100 is, my, my wife put it on at the next moment, she's a yoga teacher, and hers read 199. 199? No, well, between 99 and 100. Okay, 99 and 100, okay. So mine dropped to 93, but with doing the therapy, I brought mine back up to 98, 99. Um, it made all the difference in the world, but it's not everything. I'm not putting this out that this is the solution to everything, but it's one of the most basic solutions. And if you ignore it in medicine, you know, the breathing, it's, it's like ignoring the carburetor of a car. <clears throat> if the carburetor is not working or working well, the car is not going to work well. If you're suffering from cancer, if you're suffering from any major disease, and you don't take advantage of your heart and lungs to deliver the maximum amount of oxygen to the cells, making a big mistake. It only costs. Go ahead. You say that there's a definite link between cancer and dehydration that's been m made very clear in your book, which I think is very, very important. And um, you talk a lot about Dr. Otto Warburg, uh, Warburg and you all even brought up, you, you had a lot of doctors you mentioned in this book. You brought up Dr. Ray Pete. Do you know about, you obviously know about Ray's work. Yeah. What do you think of Ray Brilliant. Pete? Isn't he? Brilliant. <laughs> God love Ray Pete. Um, do you remember what he says about oxygen and CO2? There, he, you know, I, a lot of my understandings of carbon dioxide came from him, and it, it shows that they're really two sides of the same coin. You know, there's a lot of oxygen in carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is CO2. It's oxygen with carbon atom attached. Plants know how to, to, to go back and forth between oxygen and carbon dioxide. It's the pulse of life. It's, I, I call it the yin-yang of life. It's, you know, carbon dioxide is as important as oxygen. And it's a way of getting oxygen because there is oxygen in carbon dioxide. We are much more like plants than anybody in the medical world would like to think. You know, we, we see ourselves as oxygen uh, animals or beings, not as carbon dioxide. Plants, a part of their cycle, they eat carbon dioxide to make food. Well, we do too. Our mitochondria, which some people say is kind of like foreign genetic material inside of us, something like an invasion millions of years ago, but whatever you think, mitochondria are very sensitive to light. They're very sensitive to hydration levels, which we'll get back to in a second. You're bringing in a very important concept of hydration, which again is widely ignored. Not easy to be fully hydrated. And if you're dehydrated, of course your oxygen levels are going to go down. Everything, we're 99% by number in terms of molecules, water. 
We're water. We're water beings. Everything, our DNA, everything is surrounded and buffeted by water. And carbon dioxide and oxygen all fit in on the same basic level as water. And the mitochondria, which is like our, you know, which create the energy, like plants create energy, they're responsive to not only light, but carbon dioxide or sodium bicarbonate and magnesium levels. You increase magnesium and you increase bicarbonate, you're going to fire up and, and, and ramrod with my anti-inflammatory oxygen therapy system, ramrod oxygen into the cells, you're going to fire up life. The cells, the, the energy factories in the cells, they'll have more energy to expel poisons, to detox, to heal. So it's a whole, it's, it's a whole focus in medicine. It should be a whole focus in medicine. It's not just, okay, get into a hyperbaric chamber or just strap on this oxygen equipment. It's an everyday protocol for life that is part of exercise. It's part of a breathing process and breathing protocol. It has to do with bringing in sodium bicarbonate as we need it, uh, whatever that protocol is, in addition to the breathing that we're doing. It has to do with oxygenating through the foods that we're eating, uh, increasing the CO2 levels. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So I understand, and I think the public is more clear now, that Sugar plays a major role in disrupting homeostasis and upsetting the uh, body temple and body chemistry and causes inflammation, you know, between high fructose corn syrup and sugar and agave. And actually, all these things that people say are so good for you that really two teaspoons of sugar can do this. And two teaspoons of something that creates fructose or sucrose, etc. So this is also a cancer-causing modality that's overlooked. We just think, oh, sugar, too much sugar causes diabetics. Oh, too much sugar causes obesity. Oh, but people don't get the relationship that sugar has to creating a condition of cancer and feeding tumors. Do you want to talk about that? Well, sure. First of all... Medical science knows that obesity and diabetes increase one's chance of coming down with cancer. And since sugar is a, you know, a prelude to uh, these diseases, this is my original, the, the best book I ever read on sugar was called Sugar Blues. It must have been written 30, 40 oh, years that ago. That was a great book. That was great. Yeah, and we look at sugar, and we might as well look at slavery and economic domination at the same time. It was like the first industry that made the blueprint for all these industries that came after it that take to make a lot of money by poisoning people. White sugar is a poison. There's no, I mean, there are not that sugar itself is a poison, or all sugars are poisons. We can't live without sugar. But white sugar is a poison. That's, that's why it's white. They take everything that's good out of it, all the minerals, and they just leave the pure poison. It'll strip your body, it'll create inflammation in your body, 
the more sugar you expose yourself to every day, the more inflamed, the more overweight, the more out of balance the body systems, the endocrine system will get. Sugar, white sugar, I'll stick with white sugar, is a poison. And most processed foods, of course, they don't use, you know, they, they use white sugar or worse. They use the corn syrup, which has mercury contamination, much of it has. Corn syrup has got to be the worst, and then white sugar. I mean, and treating doctors and colleges, of course, you know, do their patients incredible disservice by not getting their patients off the, 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 um, the sugar. Otto Warburg uh, talked about uh, metastasizing tumors when he talked about cancer growth is caused when cancer cells convert glucose into energy without using oxygen. I mean, this guy won the Nobel Prize. Was it twice? Twice. Why isn't he? Why do you think he's not part of modern day medicine, Dr. Otto Warburg? Brilliant. Well, modern day medicine to me has lost the ability to define itself as me really medicine. Med I, I said I, earlier on that I, I called my medicine natural allopathic because the word allopathic stands for rational science. But Western medicine, from the days of the Rockefellers and before, just through common sense, good sense, and science out the window, the pharmaceutical paradigm comes from the days of fascism and Nazism and um, profit in front of everything else. Pharmaceutical drugs are developed along financial lines. Like it's, a, it's built into the pie. I just found out something, and that was that, you know all the shootings that have happened in the last few years in the United States? The, the, I mean, the big ones, mm -hmm. right? The big ones that, uh, yep. you know, okay. We find out that all these people are on SSRI drugs, and it's not mainstream right. news. They're all heavily on these SSRI drugs. And it's pretty profound that in this country that it's not even it's not even up for consideration. In other words, the delivery of SSRIs is become mainstream. You know, if you have a child that has any kind of problem or is suffering from something or has trouble in school, you just put them on an SSRI quickly. You can get any psychiatrist to administer it. But all of a sudden we have these shootings. And what is a what is a pattern with all these shootings? There are a lot, all these people are on SSRI drugs. That's a perfect example and one of the nastiest examples. I mean, Western medicine, doctors, oncologists, these are really nasty people. These are not doctors. They're not practicing medicine. They're practicing medical terrorism. They're practicing pharmaceutical terrorism which is a form of, well, it's lying to people, it's deceiving people, it's making them slaves financially, making their bodies slaves to, no different than a drug pusher. Today they put, you know, many people are on, you know, more than one, they're on two, three, four, five drugs, or more at a time. 
They've never, ever, ever tested the interaction of different drugs and how the chemicals combine and what the toxicity. There's no studies on that. And yet doctors have no problem hooking you from one drug to another to another to another. This is not, this is not helping people. It's, it has nothing to do with the Hippocratic Oath, which is supposed to be guiding medicine. Thou shalt not hurt people by trying to help them. So I don't know what to call them anymore, what they're doing, but um, poisoning people. And, and that's what allopathic medicine is based on, the bedrock. The poison makes, the do excuse me, the dose makes the, the poison. And it's 400 years old. That means if you take a chemical that's toxic and you just give a very little bit, you get a pharmaceutical effect that you can control but it's still a poison at a low dose. Now, unfortunately, the side effects are really the main effects of all pharm most pharmaceuticals. Uh, they don't like, to, you know, it's very, you know, slippery, side effects. There's nothing to the side about them. They're right down in the middle, they're right on the box, and you're almost guaranteed of getting a side effect, which is a main effect. It's the effect at low dosages of what you would expect from a poison. So, it's a slippery slope. That's why dealing with oxygen. Oxygen is healthy. Carbon dioxide is healthy. Magnesium, injecting it, uh, nebulizing it, taking baths, putting massage on your skin, it's healthy. If you inject it, it'll save your life in a heartbeat if you're having a heart attack. Sodium bicarbonate. The iodines, selenium, these things are medicines, but they're na natural substances, concentrated for medical use. Why don't they use it? Or why don't they use it in a broad way? Because they're, they're not practicing medicine. They're practicing making money. They're practicing being obedient to the United States government, to the FDA. It's got to be the greatest Nazi organization that ever was existed on this planet. 100,000 Americans are killed every year by properly prescribed pharmaceuticals. 100,000, I don't know how much this year or last year, but um, Dr. Starr, I guess she's from, I'm not sure from Harvard or someplace in Boston, in 2001, put together all the numbers, and in 2001, it was 109,000 people died of properly prescribed medication. Forget about improperly prescribed. That's a lot of killing by FDA-approved drugs. It's a, we live in perilous times right now, perilous times. That's right. As you know, in the United States, we have um, forced, a forced product on us. Uh, called forced medical insurance and many people are in shock that this medical insurance that they thought was free that was a gift is actually they have to come up with the money to pay for it or they have the IRS knocking at their door or inside their accounts now most of us have never read the document thousands however many thousand pages but there are few people in the United States who have read it 
who find it chilling, who find it uh, worrisome beyond measure. You are a U.S. citizen even though you are in Brazil. What does that mean for you? I want to ask you a very direct question. Do you have Obamacare? Over my dead body. <laughs> well, since you're still a U.S. citizen, don't you think? That, I mean, you obviously plan not to come back here, right? That's correct. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. Lucky you. You don't have to have this fakakta policy that's simply a, a stealth tax. You know, I'm for people getting help medically. I'm not for people suffering and being treated like they don't matter. Don't get me wrong. And so you can always argue, you know, aren't you a humanitarian? Don't you want people to get help? I do want people to get help. But I know that what's in there is not help. It's not real help. It's the siphoning of people's money. It's forcing them to pay something they don't want, which in a democratic society or in a republic should never happen. And, uh, and then with the, with the IRS being able to come after you if you don't buy this thing is absolutely frightening. So this is why it's so important to be ready with these remedies like iodine, like magnesium, like sodium bicarbonate, like learning how to better oxygenate so that wherever you are in the world, you're handling this so that you don't never need to call upon these policies. Mark Circus, Dr. Mark Circus. So I want to just say to you that how much I appreciate you. I'm, I'm very sorry we've had so much difficulty getting a feed from where you are in Brazil. Are you in Brazil? Yes, I'm in the interior highlands, looking at my window, and I just see mountains all around, and trees, and sky, and... <laughs> well, you look great, Mark. I'm sorry what happened to you some, some weeks ago. I'm glad you're well, and I want to invite you back with uh, a, a much more robust setup in your area so that more people can receive you and receive your good works. Thank you so much for being with us, Mark. It's rainmaking time. It's rainmaking time.